It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. It is ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. It is a good Friday, y'all. Not Easter one, but it's just a good Friday all the way around. We want to welcome you into the show. And we also just want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. And we are free and available wherever you download your podcast if you go to youtube.com put in the little search box say locked on sports atlanta or you can drop in atl day ones we will pop up when we will be there for you we are here monday through friday each and every day you can come and check us out make sure you go ahead and do that and last but not least i have one more request <laughs> leave us a five-star review once you get there whenever you get your podcast Leave us a five-star review wherever you get that bad boy because, you know, if you don't, no, nah, I ain't going to be violent today. I'm not going to choose violence today. Jesus. You know what? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to eliminate you from the playoffs like Luka Doncic got eliminated last night. Yes, yes, I choose violence today. We will somehow insert some of that up in here. Indeed, that's for sure. We're going to start out talking about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to talk about why this season feels just a little different. It just feels a little different. And, you know, in our deep dive segment, as uh, Tanitra kind of forementioned, Kevin Durant, does it make sense for the Hawks? We'll discuss that. And last but not least, and for the culture, Major League Baseball just can't get it right. Damn it. Major League Baseball, what is wrong with you? Let's get it together. But before we get to all that tea, uh, the Atlanta Falcons were back at it yesterday. The OTAs, these times, the veterans were there, you know, along with the rookies. You know, we had rookie minicaps a few weeks back. And I think that the one thing that has really stood out to me with Arthur Smith, he's been very consistent yes. about the type of guys that he wants, right? He knows that he wants guys – you know, they have chips on their shoulder. He even went as far as to say that, hey, I'm going to coach with a chip on my shoulder. And and I think one of the things that really just stood out to me is that when Grady Jarrett was talking to speaking to the media after practice, he mm-hmm. kind of threw out the, the 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 fact that there are a lot of guys being brought in that he actually liked. Yeah. And and when you think about the mantra that Arthur Smith has, and you kind of mm-hmm. mesh that with the Grady Jarrett, right? That's like a perfect match, right? That's mm-hmm. like a match made in heaven because Grady Jarrett is the chip. Yes. <laughs> you know, he is the he's the, the epitome thing. of chip on the shoulder yeah. uh, type guy. So, um, I, I just think it's interesting because, you know, looking at you know, listening to Coach talk and listening to Grady talk, and and now I'm starting to think like, okay. This regime is really starting to get their type of guy in. And I think this year we're really going to see what Arthur Smith is made of. Agreed, agreed. And to harken back to phraseology, 
We would always hear in the <laughs> right. old regime, fast yes. and physical, fast and physical. And a lot of times it was just However, that. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing behind it. Oftentimes, right. unfortunately, that seemed like more style than substance. Actually, with Arthur Smith, I think you get a little bit low-key style and substance. And when I say that, meaning style because you are going to get that same package, if you will, fast and physical style of play, if you will. But the substance comes from, okay, wait a minute. You need a little bulkiness, you need a little speed, you need a little edge in your approach in order to actually execute that. So fast and physical with the tools to execute it because he likes, you know, big so that you can actually be physical. So whether you are physical uh, coming off the line as a wide receiver or whether you are physical down in the trenches with uh, individuals that he's bringing to hopefully give some help. Uh, whether you're on that that front line or whether you're on that next line with the linebacking core, now you're actually seeing somebody who, oh, okay, well, you say fast and physical too, but I can kind of see where that can actually happen for you. So, right. yeah, I think that's one of the key components of why it feels a little bit different. And when you're hearing consistency in the messaging, but you're actually seeing things to go to, to, to actually support that. And the only way you can the tangible things, yeah. There you go. The only way you can mm-hmm. see it now, Jarvis, because we have not seen a game yet, whether preseason, regular season, we haven't seen even anybody in past. The only thing we can go by is, are you consistent in who you've gone after in the draft and who you've gone after in the off season? And there is a pattern there, and I'd like to say at least at this point in the off season, the pattern's good. Yeah, the pattern is good. And speaking of the pattern, I, I think that one thing that we've kind of, you know, kind of talked about in the pre-show thing, like who is a person that needs to follow that pattern to the to the T so they can probably, <laughs> if I can use that pun, um, uh, the most. is it, 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 Like who should be the guy that is the hungriest? Maybe so they can eat that chip and, and have a yeah. good season this year. Who, who's the guy that comes to mind for you? No question. And that that's, like you said, the question we asked because he talked about having a chip on his shoulder and being hungry and that's the attitude and the approach that the, this team is going to take. And I say, OK, then, well, I hope there's a big enough chip on your shoulder that you are ready to knock that bad boy off through your play. And that is Caleb McGarry, because I know mm-hmm. if I'm him, Jarvis, and I keep hearing about that guy who plays next to me and everybody is lauding him. Right. Mm-hmm. That means. Chris Lindstrom, you're yeah, hearing it from the outside where he's getting graded at the top uh, for at his position at, at right guard, and then you're hearing it from inside, right, where you'll hear from veterans uh, like we, we would hear from Alex Mack, but now we, we even continue to hear from Jake Matthews and coaches yes. as well, just how good and how much he keeps growing, whereas the, the commentary, unfortunately, has continued to be the same for Caleb McGarry as well. If that is somebody who I am playing next to and also – that I got drafted 13 or so spots, uh, 15 or so spots below, man, listen, as they say, I will be really, really hungry to prove myself and also hungry to prove myself because the Falcons chose not to uh, go with that fifth-year option for me. They did not pick it up. So it's it's definitely time that I'm feeling like I'll show and prove. Now, I'll keep it on offense because I definitely know you have somebody as well. And if we got a little time, we'll get a sneak peek into our hungry person on defense, too. But I want to hear about uh, your thoughts. You know what? I think that, you know, that Ken Gray is is a a great point. And he's kind of got off to a a solid, a decent start because, you know, he looks different. He changes body. You know, I talk about that all the time. Like you. 
You'll tell how hungry a player is by the way he changed his body when mm -hmm. when certain things happen, right? Yeah. And mainly whether or not I'm going to be able to stay in the NFL. If yeah. I want if I want to stay in the NFL, let me change my body first. Let me start there. Like, and you kind of saw, you know, once he he came in, he was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, you're getting a little cut in your arms, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So okay, you're starting to work out. But, you know, you still have to go out on the field and return, but he's at least off to a good start. Yeah. And I, I know you thinking that I'm probably going to go defense, but I got to stick on that offense, T. Sure, yeah. I got to go to Jalen Mayfield. Like, you cannot I, be I the worst too. offensive lineman too. in the league. Like, you just can't. That just can't happen again this year. Yeah. You were drafted in the third round yeah. by this regime, so you can't write it off like Matt, Matt Hennessy. Oh, yeah, he was drafted by those dudes, DQ right. and TD. Yeah, right. we'll write that off in that. Yeah, you'll get a pass for that, but not yeah. this guy. Nope, uh-uh. Third round draft pick, Jalen yeah. Mayfield. You mm -hmm. need to be better. You need to have that chip on your shoulder. Whether yeah. or not you got to conjure it up or like you said, you can do like um Caleb McGarry and say, hey, man, I'm going to hit this weight room. Right. I'm going to see – you're going to see the difference in me mm -hmm. um, just from a physical standpoint. And then once we get on the field, you're going to see the difference. And oh, yeah. he has to do that this year in order to – in order for me to say, you know what, okay, this guy, you know, is going to be better this year. And, mm -hmm. I, and I don't think that, you know, anything outside of that from him – Right. I, I think you're gonna it's gonna be a, a red flag for for Terry Fontenot as far as his evaluation on offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And they, that uh, regime, the Fontenot Smith regime, has showed us that ultimately, if you're not cutting it, no pun intended, Jalen Mayfield. But if you are not cutting it, they're not going to be they're not going to give you as much runway, if you will, or as much opportunity to keep course correcting as the previous re regime. They know they have the opportunity to make some changes. The dollars are going to give them the opportunity even more so next year. So guess what? They're going to do it if you don't show improve this season. But you know who, who needs to show improve too? That you said you are just up there here with mm. Braves, your boys, man. That was oh, troubling last night, Jarvis. Golly, like Rio Muto, you know, got the party started for for the Phillies and yeah. and just Aaron Nola, Aaron just Nola. mowing just down dudes. Like went all the way to the ninth inning, you know. Yeah. And of course, you know, what's the Braves score? You know, they took him out and then. Yeah. You know, brought um, you know, guy into you know, kind of shut shut things down to kind of yeah. cut that off before anything got started, and and I'm not sitting going to say act like Aaron Nola is a not a excellent pitcher, but you yeah, know, it is his first win good. in probably about a month and a half, right. or maybe <laughs> you know, what I'm saying so it's not like he's been doing this doing right. well, you know, but. You hate that you know the Braves may have uh, actually started started something with him within him, right. you know. But <laughs> you know what I mean. I was like, you hate to be that team. They might have awakened the air, though. Right? Yeah, y'all been waking the sleeping giant or something right. like that. So yeah, I, I think. But it, it's just. It just kind of sucks, and you can see the frustration. You know, with, uh, oh, Contreras yeah. last yeah. night striking out, breaking yeah. his back. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, back. he said, this team is just flailing around they just don't un they just don't they don't have any answers and and, yeah. and that's that's the scary part yeah yeah that's the scary part because you know snicker you know well you know you know after you know the press conferences you know we 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 got used to that last year all the way up until right. july but you yeah. don't and, and i think in saying that mm -hmm. we have to stop comparing to last year right i, I think that's has to stop being the conversation 
Like we will no longer, and, and I'll, if you don't mind, I will not talk about last year. <laughs> well, last year, you know, no, nah, all that's done on this show. That it is a wrap for that. We are not going to talk about last year. Yes, I'm going to try. However, <laughs> there will be moments where it's hard not to because you're looking at certain individuals. You're looking at a Darno. You're looking at an Albies. You're looking at a Duvall, and you're saying, okay. You guys were on this squad last year, and I know what you did. And yet mm-hmm. last night, you're going 0 for 4, right? Arcia and Heredia, you're going 0 for 3. And then I'm looking at last year, and I just cannot help but we haven't seen three straight games, three straight right. winning games. So we haven't seen a three-win streak yet. The last time you went this deep into a season without it was two decades ago. The only thing I can say that was good about last night as we hope that they reset tonight for the Marlins and we hope that Ian Anderson can get it done against Trevor Rogers. The only thing I can say is I would like to thank Jock Peterson. So I'm going to just tip the hat one more time to last year. Just want to thank you for going yard three times against the Mets a couple nights ago and then over the walk off and then also going yard on the last night. Because at least the Giants won, because the Mets were going to met. And as long as the Braves going to brave, we need the Mets to met. Thank yeah. you, John, for what you did. Could we assign him instead of Eddie Rosario? Hey, my bad. Sorry. I had to bring that in there. You know what I mean? Like, the fan in me wanted to bring the hot side 2020, but hey, it is what it is. No, we, but we know. We're going to bring something to you in the next segment when we go to our deep dive. How about this one? Kevin Durant. Does he sound like he'll be a match for in a Hawks uniform? What would that look like? We will discuss that next on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra. That's Jarvis, even though he's not sure he's Jarvis. Got to look confused for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But I want you guys to know that we know, you and I, and we'll let him know as well. He is indeed. The one, the only, Jarvis Davis here letting you guys know that he and I both appreciate you dropping by all day, every day. We thank you guys for subscribing on Mm -hmm. YouTube. Keep doing that. Keep following us and giving us a like. And of course, any platform where you check out your podcast, check us out and leave us the amazing five-star reviews that you have been leaving since the start of the show. Now, you know what? Finally, I wouldn't say it's gotten a four five-star review for me, Jarvis, but maybe just maybe the NBA playoffs got up to about a three, maybe three and a half for me these last two nights, right? Because Mm -hmm. I felt like the Heat and Celtics finally played at least two and a half quarters of competitive basketball, which was more than we'd seen in the first games in that series and probably see tonight because it's a true closeout game, right? Mm -hmm. And we also saw some decent competitiveness last night. Of course, that was probably more Warriors taking their foot off the gas in the third quarter. Mavs taking advantage of it, though. But then in the fourth quarter, the Warriors like, man, listen, let me stop playing with these people. Let me put foots on next and dead this thing. So sixth time going back to the NBA Finals in eight, eight years. years. Unbelievable yes. what they've been able to do. And Jarvis, it's a really nice mix. And that's kind of what we're going to get to today as well of veterans and younger guys that they acquired through the draft a few pieces coming back even like your veterans like an andre Iguodala, who hasn't played in the postseason but was able to give them something here and there just a nice mix so i'm very interested to see if they are indeed if steph's going to get that fourth chip if you will but on the flip side 
Also, of course, everybody in the ATL is glad that we do not have to hear another word about Dallas or Luca. Just saying. No more Dallas, yes. no more Don. Everybody in the A is pretty much good on that. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Exactly. So now we can just sit back and wait for what the Warriors are going to do. And also, I know most people in the A, if not all, are rooting for Jalen Brown and the opportunity to see the local Wheeler product be able to perform on the biggest stage and get to the NBA Finals. That said, that's another team, Jarvis. A couple of acquisitions reacquired Al Horford took that base, that core of young players, and made something out of it. So it made you and I think, this is where we start to think about what the Hawks need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Falling in love with this name and that name, you know, throwing names out there. But when it comes to trying to upgrade a roster, you can't just look at a name. You've got to right. look at what that person is doing, where they're producing at this time yes. in their career. Yes. So six years ago, Jarvis, six seasons ago, Word on the street was that Kevin Durant was at least considering the Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't quite go their way. Everybody thought he was A lot of people forgot game. about that. Exactly. <laughs> people thought, okay, if not Hawks, yeah, yeah, we see him going up to the Knicks because by that time the Wizards, you know, his home team, so to speak, were out of the running. And then all of a sudden, Brooke came with the Warriors, and we all know how that went, right? Yes. And then again couple years ago when he was back on the market the thought was wow maybe we could get a meeting you know get back in the sweepstakes ultimately he goes to the nets well now we know that the experiment isn't quite working out in brooklyn so Mm -hmm. if he doesn't stay in bk jarvis you think that maybe travis schlink should try to set a meeting again all right so you know i had to do my research on this one t because you know like That's I'm a guy that I've always been <laughs> I always been a guy that you know to kind of tread lightly when it comes to names, right? Because Kevin Durant immediately, oh wow. Woo! Yeah, let's go get him. And I started digging to the numbers, right? You know, so I started looking at the numbers, all right? So he only played 55 games this season. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. But he still averaged thirty-seven and six. <clears throat> so yeah, he's still productive. Yeah, yes. if he if he can do that right there, he's still productive. Mm-hmm. All right, he averaged thirty-seven minutes per game in the regular season, and then he cranked that bad ball all the way up to forty-four minutes in the playoffs. Like, so and we, and we know the one of the reasons why is because Brooklyn team they they don't have any depth. Like that's just what it is. Like they don't have any depth, and and I think at age thirty four, Kevin Durant mm-hmm. cannot. He cannot. And let me repeat that. He cannot carry a team. Like you know, some may even say yeah. that he never carried a team. Right. However, but you know, he was MVP when he was with the Warriors, right? So they 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 they, they didn't they didn't have any uh they they didn't uh, favor Steph Curry. You know, in those right. situations where they had opportunity to give him an MVP, but KD was the MVP when he won those championships mm-hmm. with the uh Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So I, I think that he's not that KD anymore. But if uh, we talking about thirty four years old. Mm-hmm. He averaged 30 and 7 last year. Yeah. His usage was crazy in the playoffs, and you see how that worked out for them. It didn't mm-hmm. turn out well. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? In this, given the way the Hawks are currently constructed, right? Yes. I think that KD would be closer to the MVP guy mm-hmm. than the guy that he is, that we saw in the playoffs this year. Let me see, tell you why. 
Yeah. Because from a usage standpoint, from a, mm-hmm. having to create his own shot, yes. he wouldn't have to do that. Because guess what? Right. There is a superstar on this team. Yes, I yep. say a superstar. There is a superstar on this team yeah. by the name of Trey Young. Well, he won't have to worry about that too much. And you can kind of play around with it too and give KD the rock and let Trey play off the ball a little bit. Yeah. And that would work because, you know, people still going to be concerned about Kevin Durant when the ball is in his hands. Let's just right. let's keep it real, right? So oh, yeah. I, I think that if the opportunity comes about now, in order for this to happen, to see him right. in the Hawks uniform, yes. there is a little caveat to this bad boy. Yes. If the math. Make if the, the math reports, math. if the reports, like I said, when we get to the math too, so if the reports are true that there aren't that, that the uh, Brooklyn Nets aren't willing to give um, Kyrie Irving an outright extension, now we know that's the reason why KD went to the Nets. That's the only reason why we even talking about this. So if that if Kyrie Irving ends up not being coming back and being a Net this year, mm-hmm. there's a big possibility that KD moves right. So and I start so to, back to the math. Right, yep. I went to the math piece. So, went to the little NBA trade. I know people are like, oh, that little stuff. No, nah, it's real. It's oh, real deal. Yeah. So, um, I put in John Collins. I threw him mm-hmm. in there. Then I put in uh DeAndre Hunter. Put him in there. Mm-hmm. And then I threw in a guy that you know his contract isn't fully guaranteed, and they might be able to play around with that to make the money work. And Danilo Gallinari, right? And I put Mr. Mr. Durant in there, trade work. And yeah. now I know Brooklyn in real life is probably mm-hmm. gonna want some first round picks because they gave all of them away to Houston when they tried to get James Harden. They basically traded away their whole future. So yeah. I think that you have to throw a couple first round picks in there. I throw the New York one, the Hawks one this year, like, you know, whatever. All right, okay, we throw those two in there and we'll and we'll roll with that. So yeah. if that package works run it like like run like if, if they answer the phone and, and they say you know what that's the start of that's a conversation starter mm-hmm. i'm all in go get kd go get kd yes. and yeah you know i i wouldn't i don't know if i can say i'm all in per se but i'm close to all in i think the one thing that gives me trepidation or gives okay. me some bit of pause in there is probably not wanting to part ways I, I part ways with john collins by the way okay and part ways with danilo gallinari because i truly believe there is almost no trade scenario out there where you're not going to have to give him up this offseason I, I just yeah i, I don't know that very because it benefits teams who are trying to you know free up money in the following year and all that exactly. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. definitely. and he can be one of those pieces maybe in a three-team trade as well so I just feel yes. to your point about his contract. So I feel like I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with parting ways with John Collins too, because for what you would get out of KD, <laughs> we will more than compensate. I Ooh. probably have a little bit more of a struggle bus for DeAndre Hunter. Okay. Um, I don't know if I like that much going away with that package, even for a KD. Now you make a good point about the uh, fact that he did play 55 games. And that's pretty impressive for 34 yeah, that's, years. That's, that's solid, yeah. somebody who really was not on a load management schedule per se, those 17 games that he was out, like he was actually injured, right? Yeah. So different than what we've seen a lot of the time. And then like you said, just basically dragging the Nets through even the portion of the playoffs that they got through. He, he yeah. was dragging them through. So I like it. 
but I don't love it. But I will admit to you this. I always say, if you don't love something, where's the better solution? And honestly, it seems like every time we go somewhere, like even when I, you know, dig deep into the numbers other than Derek White, um, that's the only one that I like, love to pieces and always have. Uh, okay. That I always, always thought that was, now that's the piece I thought the Hawks missed out on, on mm. the trade deadline. But I suspect the Celtics won't be letting him go away, uh, get away, no. unless it yeah. is something monster that like, you know, they've got to probably throw in the, the kitchen sink as well. So like you said, we, we talked about, uh, you know, the possibility of, uh, a couple of weeks ago of Joel Embiid. And I said, hey, nothing is off the table at this point. And so I'm still kind of right there. So I think KD would be okay. But I'm still kind of looking at the numbers and kind of looking to see he gives us a decent amount in terms of 7.6 around, you know, seven, eight rebounds averaging per game. But if mm -hmm. I'm going to give away JC and I'm going to give away Dre, and I'm going to give away some of that productivity of rebounding that I got from uh, Gallinari, then I guess that's my question. Where do we get more of that defense from that we're so desperately needing for the Hawks? Because even Luka Doncic had to say this last night. He knows, he acknowledged, the reason they lost is because they don't play good defense. The one game they play good defense, they won, and the millisecond they put their, took their foot off the gas, they almost lost that game. What did he do? He went and he also improved his defense in the offseason. I think I'm just looking for maybe that one guy. You know, I'm still a fan of kind of looking out for that final guy at the two spot because mm -hmm. I feel like more than anything, it's the Hawks' backcourt that is in desperate need of someone who just embraces, you know, two-way play at all times. So when we come back, we're going to talk about embracing the old school, which you might want to see again, what you don't want to see, as well as maybe talking a little bit about what the MLB needs to embrace. Come on, baseball. We'll talk about it in For the Culture on the other side. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys because y'all have been rocking with your folk. Liking and subscribing and looking us up with typing in Locked On Sports Atlanta. We popping right up and y'all just clicking that button, hit that play button, hitting that subscribe button. We want to ask that you continue to do that. And if you haven't and you just you're a new watcher or a new listener, go ahead and make sure you go ahead and do that. And if you're on the audio side, we'll just remember we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And when you listen, after you listen, go ahead. And you can do it before you listen so you won't forget. Give us a five-star review, please, because it's Friday. It's a good Friday. You're feeling good. So go ahead and make us feel good so everybody else can find out about this show and they can feel good as well. But just in case, but T, got to let them know, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes it's whatever the hell we want to talk about. So T... I'm gonna let you have this one right here because uh, I think it's fitting that you had let the folks know that uh, how Major League Baseball has uh, they've done it again. Done it again, my goodness. How many times can you prep the bed? Well, Major League <laughs> Baseball will let you know multiple times if you give it enough of a try. So this was a letter that came out actually to teams last week. It was Major League, Major League Baseball saying club stadiums, quote, putting the onus on the club stadiums, by the way. They fall embarrassingly below the high standards necessary for women who are part of the games, traveling parties to do their jobs, creating an untenable working environment, unquote. Really? Here's my problem with that. 
you're Major League Baseball. So how did it get to the point where it was untenable? Because Jarvis, when I hear that, that's almost like saying you've got a grading scale of A to F and you guys are at an F. What happened when it was steadily falling, if it was ever at grade A, by the way, but when right. they were those conditions were steadily falling from B to C to D, and now we just are at the bottom of the barrel. I have a problem with that. And it makes me really disappointed because as a sports reporter who goes into various areas, even I'll say State Farm Arena, for example, when there is a visiting female referee, oh my goodness, like that locker room is top to bottom, available, um, um, amenable, if you will. And sometimes, you know, when they're not there, I have the opportunity to use that as my dressing room. But I say that to say State Farm Arena was ready. The Hawks were ready. The NBA is ready. MLB and all your teams, it's not that difficult to get ready to show an accommodation. And when you do things like that, Jarvis, that also shows that you're really okay and encouraging and embracing females and women in the industry having a seat at the table. Yeah. And you know what? The thing about it is this is something that we're used to MLB when it comes to dealing with minorities and diversity. They seem to just drop the ball every time, right? You know, when you th think about it, you know, with the Tim Anderson only getting suspended one game and, you know, allowing managers saying, hey, we don't like this. This is not great, you know, and just just so much stuff, right? And then you got you talking about women say they're the women who you know travel with teams and stuff like that they're just saying the biggest thing that they have to worry about when it comes to doing their job is finding a bathroom like what the hell man we're in 2022 this is not 1914 when women couldn't vote and you know what i'm saying you know and you didn't really have to worry about you know that that part of society they just kind of you know had to do deal with whatever they had to deal with no man this is 2022 everybody's supposed to have rights everybody's supposed to be able to do what they need to do and have what they need to have in order to do their job and y'all sitting up here dropping the ball on that so right. i already know what the other part is the the, the working conditions the, yeah. the, the atmosphere that's within those those teams those club teams for those female employees i ain't gonna even ask that we're not gonna even go down that road i already know that sucks <laughs> if, if y'all can't even find a bathroom i already know what time it is when it comes to that so yeah mlb y'all need to get better I just need to get better. I'm mean, just going to leave it at that. That's strike two, by the way. Um, yeah, I know strike three is coming. And we'll, we'll figure out what that is when it comes. And we'll, we'll address that when it comes down that, to, the, to, that, to that point. So, T, <laughs> all right, on a lighter note, Martin is going to be rebooted. And when you talk about, you know, just a, 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 a series, a comedy series, a TV show that was kind of like the soundtrack to my life, you yeah. know, growing up, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, this just makes me happy. I think yeah. that's probably the best way to describe, you know, when I came, when you sent me sent this to me, I was just like, yeah, this, 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 right. This feels right. This just feels yeah. right. It does. And and so excited that the whole cast is on board, except, of course, uh, the late uh, actor, Tommy. late Tommy. So My boy. May, may he rest, rest in peace. But maybe that's one of the reasons that that uh, cast was able to reconcile their differences and get back together, because they understand life is short. And we know that there was yes. always word that Martin Lawrence and, and Tisha Campbell had some beef and she parted ways with the show, came back in spats. For uh, space, rather. They were never the in the same scene, yeah, scene, exactly. shoot, shoot together. Like, right. yeah. yeah. So to hear word that 
allegedly, reportedly, the entire cast is coming back. That's super, super exciting because again, like you said, I will channel surf to this day. And if I channel surf to a network that has Martin on, I'm stopping to check out the the, uh, the episode. And I usually know the lines and the storyline and all of it. It was just a really, really remarkable show. And still, I don't even know if we appreciated it as much as we should have back yes. then. So I'm excited yeah. to see them reboot, but that also made, or reunion, have a reunion show this coming reunion summer. Show, yeah. That mm-hmm. also made me think about what show would you like to see or not see on you, Jarvis, but what show would you like to see or not see have a reunion or actually get rebooted? I wouldn't mind. You know what? It has to be the Jamie Foxx show. That's the first thing oh, coming to mind. Okay. Like, it has to be J.P. Hartnerbrick. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> you know, it's just like all of those the mannerisms and everything from that show. I was like, I thought it was always thought it was just an underrated show. But yes, if they bring that back, like, please, like, bring it back. Like, reunion, reboot. I don't care. Garcia Buzvez, you know, like, I, I love me some Garcelle. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was that was my girl. You know, I probably wanted her to be my girl. You know, I hope my wife ain't listening today. She probably not listening anyway. But yeah, I can get away with that. So it's all good. Don't tell it to you. I know you don't know how y'all get down. I know y'all be texting each other. Don't don't, don't snitch on your wife. (laughs) Remember, you're my big sister. (laughs) So so yeah, if if you if I had to choose one, it would definitely be the Jamie Foxx show. I What's like you? that one. Yeah. That's another one. If I'm channel surfing and I see the epi- an episode is on, I will stop and I will watch it and know most of the Don't words and the storyline and all that. But for me, it's different world. Like, oh Ooh. my God. And what I would love to see, like, if I mean, the reunion they've already actually done. And oh my God, there was so much fanfare for it last season. And I thought that, I think it was on the on E! Network and they did an excellent job and brought all the heavy hitters back. It was amazing, right? But I would love to see like a a reboot because they had talked about the possibility of actually doing a reboot. The original actors were willing to do such a thing. Let me me throw out a concept to you, if they're okay with that, right? Right. There are shows uh, like, okay, I'm, I'm telling on my nerdy self. I always watched Boy Meets World. Yes, I did every episode. I did sure. too. Sure did. Shoot. But, Topanga? Oh, man. Right. She made me feel funny on the inside. Okay, there you go. Quite well, let me tell you. Because yes. when they did a, yes. a reboot yes. for Girls Meet World, mm. Girls Meet World, it was amazing, Jarvis. So yes. something like that where you bring back the original characters, but now they're kids. Kind of mixture, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I am here for it, just like we want you guys to be here for us coming back on the other side of Memorial Day weekend. Now, listen, when you are out there barbecuing and cooking out and everything, Jarvis and I really wish we could be there for you. But you know what? We're going to do our own cookouts. He's going to rock his cookout at his spot. I'm going to rock my cookout at somebody else's spot because I'm going to get invited and get my plate and everything and then bring it all back to my house. And we'll talk to you guys about it on Tuesday. But listen, enjoy yourselves. Please be safe out there because, unfortunately, we can tell you that these streets are not safe for us like they should be, but we still pray and hope that you have a hedge of protection around you, mind, body, and spirit, so you can come back and join us and everybody a part of the Locked On Sports Network next week. And don't forget, check out before your weekend starts, hitting hard with John Chuckery because he's got something for you. Be safe, everybody. See you Tuesday. Y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.